Yeah. yeah. And and you're not judging me, right? So right. why would anybody judge you doing that? I so, mean, I am. Well, I'm, you do. Yeah, it's I'm constantly your... judging me. Welcome to Middle-ish, the podcast about moderation in all things. I am Erin Green. And I am Michael Gray. And I'm living on the edge today, apparently. Oh, how is that? <laughs> because I don't know that anybody will see, but right as Erin was introducing, I decided that was a good time to take a sip of coffee. And I was like, oh, wait, we're doing a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I might need to talk soon. <laughs> Man, well, I live on the edge. <laughs> you know, last time... You actually were away from your mic for several minutes while I was rambling on about my favorite middle-ish episodes. So yeah. I think I can handle just a few seconds of you sipping coffee. Yeah. You know, I haven't I haven't gone back and watched through any of that yet. Oh, I, I told it. I told Matt that really story. Excited to. <laughs> and I showed him the picture. And I said, oh, yeah, we had an interesting recording today because he was like, it's the one year, you know, he's really excited. Mm -hmm. And I said, we had an interesting recording today. Let me show you this picture. Tell me what you notice. And he looks at it and he goes, oh, babies. And I was like, right. <laughs> Guess what? Michael didn't see that. And so I told him the story and he was laughing just hearing me tell the story. So I hope the podcast was just as entertaining. Yeah, I think it will be. I don't know, maybe. But to be fair, I'm in the middle of recording a podcast. I'm not paying close attention to a spider. I'm trying to kill it as quickly as possible and get back here. So actually, you were paying close attention to that spider because I watched you stare off into the mm, distance for several seconds before. Right. Or it was six feet away. You're still looking. You're still looking still, in that corner. You're I still like, look God, for those babies. Before? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was looking at it. I wouldn't say I was paying attention because I was trying to do this. It was, yeah. Right. It yeah. was, uh, I was trying to multitask, which as we'll find out in today's episode, may not be a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did it well. You did it well. It's yeah, I haven't right. watched any of it, so I don't know what sounds are in the background where, yeah. And the what an as... to have it on. I know the sound wasn't <laughs> as funny as watching you scamper back and forth across the camera, across yeah. the room. That was, that was pretty entertaining. Which we won't get on the on the video recording. No, but oh well, that's okay. So I was describing it. Don't you worry. There was oh, a little, like, yeah, there, goes there, <laughs> there was some narration going on in my end. So oh, man, we, I can't wait to go I think, back and listen. I hope we got the experience for everybody, but and twice. Cause then it was, you're like, there are babies on there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even like think. And, and I looked down <laughs> and they're like 30 little baby spiders, like all across my baseboard. I'm like, ah! they like explode. Yeah. They just go everywhere. And they're like yeah. survival mode, run for the Hills. Yeah. And when so, you texted me on Monday, of course, the spider is still, that's the last thing you had texted me. And yeah. so I, I opened my phone and I'm like, uh, <laughs> there's a picture of a spider. There. I had the exact same experience. Yeah. Yeah. I went to text you something and it was like, oh, okay. I'm deleting that. I don't want to see that anymore. Look, <laughs> I know. Get that out of there. <laughs> Creepy. Yeah. So yeah. If so, you're wondering about the crazy spider story, go back to episode 52. <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. So uh, this but... is, oh, sorry. I cut you off. You're going to say no, something. No, go ahead. This is, this will be the official episode one of season two. Yay. Right? Check that out. Yeah. Look we're at on where season we are. two, baby. Look Rolling out. Rolling through it. One year down. I know. I know. That's kind of exciting. So it's then I guess we'll have to figure out, will this be episode 53 or episode one of season two? Yeah. I guess we'll that. see. I guess we'll see how that, how that shows up on the platform. Eh, yeah. That's stuff we we'll can figure that out. We can figure it out. But yeah. But season two. Here we thank go. Thank you. Thanks yeah. everyone for hanging with us. It's yeah. been a fun same year. Cast. <laughs> same, I know. Same cast. Different. Same, same three <laughs> listeners. Thank you so much for being here. So before we started recording, you were kind of asking me about, or I think we talked about Monday and just the fact that Monday is when we drop the podcast, mm -hmm. but we both, I think a little bit dropped the ball because I'm training for this 200 mile gravel race, which I know is not middle-ish, but we can discuss that at a later episode about how Aaron balances the middle-ish. Yeah. 
life with these kind of extreme events. But so I had a big training ride to do and it had rained all weekend and there was one window of decent weather on Monday. And I had a buddy who was willing to do this crazy long ride with me. And we're basically just riding on this dirt river road all the way back into the mountains, like that butts up against the sawtooths and this tiny little town of like a hundred people in Idaho. So that was the ride Monday. And I'm about, it's, it's 125 miles round trip. And so I'm, I'm probably around mile 40 into it. And I'm like, oh shit, it's podcast day. (laughs) I didn't, I'm responsible for writing the description. So I was like, well, I don't, I didn't see it posted. So I could argue that it wasn't posted, but I also didn't check. (laughs) So it's on me. So I'm thinking, and I had no cell reception all day, even from where we parked the car. So by the time I got into cell reception, it was like almost seven o'clock at night. And I'm like frantically checking my text messages. And I see (laughs) Michael had texted me and was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't get the episode up until it was like 630. I was like, oh, thank you. (laughs) Oh, it was up before then, I think. Maybe that's when you got the text, oh, but it wasn't up early. By oh, okay. <laughs> so I was having a little Maybe bit of a, a panic that, that I was holding up the train and that you were possibly trying to get a hold of me all day and like, uh, Hey, when can we release this podcast? And I was like, shit. So, but it all worked out because we still, yeah. yeah, we still got it done. I was a zombie when I got back home mm-hmm. and wrote the description, like literally just, I want to eat and just melt into the couch because I'm done, but I got it done. So anyway, that was my Monday. Yeah. I didn't get it edited until like Sunday night. I meant to on the weekend and it just, it was a busy weekend. And it just got away from mm-hmm. me. I was like, Oh crap. And then I meant to, cause it takes a while to upload to YouTube, you know, and like I have to compress it and all that stuff and stuff just takes a while. And so I got to edit it on Sunday. And then I meant to get back to it. Like got the girls to bed and everything. So it was Sunday night. And I meant to afterwards to compress it Sunday night. And then I'd start uploading Monday morning, you know, a couple hours, be up right. by 10 in the morning or something. And I forgot to do any of those things. <laughs> and I come into my office Monday morning. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> it's well, and this is a good segue for our topic today, because mm-hmm. I think we mentioned a couple episodes ago that my friend Sean Watson acknowledge that, man, you know, this must be extra work for you guys, you know, to make sure that you do this every week. And, and it is, you're getting a little Mm -hmm. behind the scenes, um, sort of thing. You know, if I clear my schedule on a Monday on, which doesn't happen often, but if I do, you know, I set my Mm -hmm. auto response on my email and I make sure that I'm kind of caught up, you know, from the weekend, but I might something like this, that's just an extra thing that, in a lot of ways, it kind of runs itself because we have a specific day that we record Mm -hmm. and, you know, each week we switch off social media responsibilities and it's pretty loose, Mm -hmm. but it's one of those things. Like if, if I forget that there's something to do and Monday is just hard, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about how to, um, maybe prevent those own, those pitfalls in your own life. Yeah. Cause we're, did you, did you say what we're talking about? I did not. Okay. Why don't you introduce it? All right. Yeah. We're going to talk about time management, um, which I think, I think is such a great topic. It's kind of a seemingly, I don't know, maybe kind of uninteresting topic. I don't think it is. Um, but I think it's, I think it's something I, I deal with a lot of clients. I know you probably do too, and maybe not directly, but it's just looking at, you know, um, we all have the same hours in the day, right? Yeah. We all have the same days in the week for everything. Yeah. We all have the same resource. Now how we, what things are already taken away from that resource can vary, you know, for sure. If someone's working 60 hours a week versus someone working 20, well, yeah, someone else has 40 hours that they can maybe do more with, but still we all have the same amount of time. And I think oftentimes when people feel like I don't have time to, um, to cook or to exercise or to, to, you know, plan my week or to take care of myself. I'm not going to say all the time, but I think most of the time, a lot of the time, it's not that we don't have the time. We have the time. We're just using it in other ways already, right? We're already spending that currency somewhere else. And so it's not about finding time because you're not going to find time, right? Like you have what, (laughs) is it 168 hours in a week? Is that what it is? 
I don't know, something like that. So whatever, seven times 24 is, but we all have the same amount of time and you're already using all of it, right? Like, it's not like you just like have some stored away, you know, in your sock drawer or something like it's gone. It's being used. Dig some out of the couch cushions or something. (laughs) Ooh, I found some time in a pocket in my closet. Um, So it's like, we're already using it. So if, if we want to introduce new things, then we have to make time. We have to reprioritize. We have to maybe shuffle things. Sometimes got to come from somewhere else where we're already using it. And that doesn't mean that we're going to sacrifice important things necessarily. You know, I mean, if you watch two hours of Netflix in the evening, every night, nothing wrong with that at all. And I think that sounds like a good evening, but maybe some of that time can go towards something else, you know? And so just looking at how do we, how do we prioritize our time, maybe reorganize it um, to, to, be successful to things that we're really wanting to put time and attention into. And I think maybe combating a little bit that, that knee jerk response if I don't have time. Um, Cause I think often the case we, we probably do, we just got to make it happen. Yep. That's yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a great intro and you've Thank hit you. on so many things. Yeah. It was gold yeah. star today. I feel gold star. really good about it. You hit on so many things that I run into with clients all the time, because when we talk about health changes or, you know, overall wellness, or even like really granular things like food prep and, and preparing a meal, a lot of times it comes down to, I don't have time for that. Or uh, what's my availability like, um, and I, I struggle with some of this conversation with people because I will see potential, you know, like you said, okay, you're watching two hours of Netflix or, or, okay, you, you know, decided to do this with your time instead of this. So Mm -hmm. I see it as a priority thing Mm -hmm. and I'm fully aware that I do this to myself as well. And we'll, don't you worry, I'll get into throwing myself under the bus because I am a master procrastinator. Uh, I've been known to get distracted and squirreled into different things or whatever. So yeah. I'm chronically five minutes late. So, yeah. so I get this. Okay. Yeah. But it it's really interesting when I have given uh, wellness and self-care presentations to rooms of people. And I kind of ask like, what are your main barriers? And the vast majority of them right. time is number one, mm-hmm. but it's interesting what happens when you shift your priorities, all of a sudden those barriers that you knew were concrete and you knew were, this is my barrier become more of a perceived fluid kind of manipulative a barrier that's able to be manipulated, I guess, right. Right. instead of being this firm, I just don't have the time. Well, you either, what's that saying? You either, um, make the time. If you don't make the time for being healthy now, you, you'll have to find time to be sick later or something like that. So there's something like that. That's basically like, if you don't find the time now, and it doesn't have to be a lot, we'll talk about some strategies and how this, how this lines out. But yeah. And I think that's a fair question. And I, and I think, I don't know that, you know, we need to say this, but maybe what's worth saying, like, just know that Aaron and I, like, there's no, there's no like judgment here or, you know, or anything about how people feel about how, what time they have available and that kind of stuff. We're not, I mean, I struggle with time management all the time. I'm way better than I used to be. I still struggle with it. I still spend my time doing stupid stuff that I don't wish I'd done. And I'm like, oh, God. okay, well now I, now I don't have the time for that thing. Cause I already spent it all doing something stupid. You know, so there's no judgment here. <laughs> this isn't like a, a guilt trip or anything like that. But if I do think it's worth mentioning that if you're hearing some of this and you maybe kind of bristle against it, like, oh, really, you're going to tell me I have time that I don't have kind of thing. That might be an indicator that you are making this decision. You don't have time before really looking at whether or not you can make right. the time for it. And right. I do think this is a, a common reason, um, again, no judgment, no guilt trip, nothing, just shooting straight here. Um, I think that a lot of times people use that I don't have time excuse or reason to avoid really giving this an honest shot mm-hmm. because honest shots in the past have have been shitty, just to be yeah. honest, right? They've gone terribly. Yeah. You know, you've, you've busted your ass and you've worked so hard and you've made all this progress and it all falls apart and over and over and over. And it's just like, you know what, if I just don't have time 
to do that, then I never have to face that, that the reality of I might, this might not go well again. And I can't handle this not going well again. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to keep that at a distance and I don't have time. And I, I really think that if that's your knee-jerk response to any of this, then it, it really may be worth taking an honest look at, okay, why is that my, like, why is that the thing I fling out there instantly? Because some people right. do, you know, right. they'll reach out to you and want to talk to you about stuff. Well, I just don't have the time to do it. Right. It's like, okay. Well, and some of that I think comes from the belief that we have to like, look at the whole food prep craze or, you know, some of these workouts that you have to take an hour to go do this workout, or you have to, you know, get out all of these ingredients and make it all pretty and put it into boxes and whatever. You want to be healthier? Hope you have 20 hours in a week. (laughs) Exactly. So I think some of that pushback is when Mm -hmm. people see this messaging or hear it and think that, I have to make all, I have to whittle out like, you know, three, four, five hours in a week to do all these things when really you could, and you can multitask and Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll talk about how that could be effective or it could not be effective, but there's ways to put it in there. Um, when making some of these healthy changes, but one of the things I wanted to kind of talk about today too, is have you noticed when you ask somebody how they are, what do they usually say? I mean, I get a very common answer, kind of the first thing that busy. comes out. Busy. Is that what you're going to say? Yes. Why are right. we so damn busy? You know what? I think busy. we are. I see I it too. We like we're, we're busy. But yeah, but we have this perception. <laughs> it's, I think it's a badge of honor. Like I think we feel oh, totally. like we're supposed to be busy. And it's like, I just don't have the time to do that stuff because I'm so busy. Like I am much busier than you. And the reason you can do all these things is because you're not as busy as I am. If you were as busy as I was, you couldn't be doing those things. And it's this, it's this big assumption. Maybe we've talked about this before. I don't know, but that if someone is doing things you wish you could be doing or wish you were doing that they have more time to do them than you do versus maybe they've sacrificed some things, right? Maybe, yeah. maybe they've given up some things that they really enjoyed to do these other things because they've given them a higher priority, right? Or maybe they just, they, they've learned to manage their time better, to be more efficient. Maybe they get the same stuff done that you get done just quicker because they've practiced it more or looked at ways mm-hmm. to do it better. And again, that's not a judgment. I think it's just to, to automatically assume that someone is has more time than you knowing nothing just because they're doing certain activities that you don't feel right. like you have time for. Eh, it falls apart pretty quick. Well, and I challenge people to be aware of when they say I'm busy because, mm-hmm. and I'm fully aware that I use that too. Like when people ask how, how I've been doing or how are you doing? Oh, busy. And I've really tried to stop using that word unless it's truly appropriate. Like, wow, today has been a wire to wire day. Like I've been very busy today with these things, but in general, what else has been going on in my, in my life? How have I been spending my time, you know? And Mm -hmm. again, go going back to some of the procrastination distraction pieces. I'm very aware that there are times when I'm not, there's nothing that's actually demanding of (laughs) me It's just, I'm spending my time. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit, I have, you know, a client call in 10 minutes or, oh, I have to be at this place or, oh, I haven't gotten my workout done and I, I need to get it done by this time. And so it's kind of that losing time and losing yourself in the time. But then all of a sudden it creates this, this urgency. And then you feel busy. Like you feel like you're in high demand because you have failed to plan ahead and think about those things. So, yeah, which, which does make that. I mean, if, if you, if you're doing things inefficiently, yeah, that feels busy, yeah, right? Totally. If you're, if you're kind of always stressed, that feels busy. Cause when, when you're in a stressed time of life, you could have four hours with nothing to do and it's going to feel chaotic. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that, that happens. And so I think a lot of what we ta- want to talk about today is like, how can we, how can we be more efficient with our time? How can we plan things out? How can we take some time that we feel like maybe we don't have to do some planning to really make the rest of the week, like go a lot easier. And I think that's, that's something that is often an kind of aha moment for clients is like, Mm -hmm. 
I don't have time to cook some meals on the weekend. I don't have time to, to write out a dinner plan and then go grocery shopping for it. But then when they do a couple of times, they're like, oh, this is saving me so much time. Right. Like, and <laughs> angst. <laughs> and, and yeah. And like, and, and even like, like busyness in your head, you know, like if you come home from work every day, every day and you're having to go, okay, what am I going to make for dinner? What do I have? What do I, uh, what do we, what do we have last night versus if you just have a plan, like, Hey, it's Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. I know I'm making this and I already bought the groceries for it. You don't have to think about anything. You just do it. And that feels like you got a lot more time because you're not spending this mental energy going, okay, I've been making decisions all day. Let me make some more, you know, it's just right. fun. And it, it oh, and like that it decision, space. I actually wrote a, an article at my old work on decision fatigue, mm-hmm. how there's a theory that That's we a all thing. have a, a number of decisions and mental energy to put toward these decisions every day. Yeah. And the more you pile on yourself to make a decision, you know, after you've made so many decisions, then it, it can really be a barrier for you. Yeah. Like you just start shutting down and you're like, I don't care. I don't care what I eat. I don't care if I get this workout in, I, I don't care. I just want to get home or whatever. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's, that's important to think about is how can you, you know, better distribute that mental energy. Yeah. And I mean, the, you have here, the definition of time management is simply the process of organizing and planning how to divide your time between activities. Mm-hmm. So, and we'll, I have a section on planning a little bit later, but it really is kind of taking a look at when will I have a little more mental energy to devote to this? And when will I actually have minutes or hours in the day that I can devote to this very different than, you know, being crunched on a random, you know, Wednesday that's super busy. And all of a sudden it's seven o'clock and you're, you know, you just picked up your kids from practice or whatever, and you've got to figure out a meal right now. If you had kind of seen that coming and had divided up, like how much time am I going to spend on these tasks and whatever. Mm -hmm. And we both know you guys, Michael, and I know that this is not always going to play out in a pretty fashion. (laughs) So you can have the best laid intentions and still sometimes it might completely fall apart. Yeah. Blows up in your face. But so, I mean, if it only works half the time, it's st- yeah, it's still a benefit. That's a huge improvement. And I think, you know, the thing about this is, is that let, let's say you have 40 tasks in a week that you need to get done. Right. Okay. Just some random number meals, work, whatever. You're going to have to decide when to do all of those at some point anyway. Yeah. So do you want to decide 40 different times when to do a specific task or do you want to sit down and, and get in the zone of, of planning and, and allocating time to things and do it all at once because it's going to take away less time, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I, I think we don't think about it that way. You know, it's like, well, to plan my week out just takes us time. It's like, you're going to have to plan all these things anyway. You know, you're going to have to decide when to do them. And if you can do it all at once or a lot of it at once, you're in that headspace to, to be doing these things. You can look at the whole week at once. You can look at practices and, you know, activities or whatever. And, and it's just, man, it just, it saves you so much time to, to mm-hmm. do these things ahead of time. It, it really, really yeah. does. And that's one of the, the things I talk about. We'll, we'll dive into planning a little bit deeper here in a little bit, but right. um, Michael, you found some really good benefits and consequences yeah. uh, that you put up here to time management. Those? Yeah. Uh, so these are from, oh shoot. I'm gonna have to find where I found these because I want to give them credit. I still are they from mindtools.com or was that a different? Uh, That was the definition of time management. No, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was from mindtools.com. We'll we'll link this in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, So benefits of of time management of taking some time to just kind of you know line out your weekdays that kind of thing are greater productivity and efficiency uh, because you're not making these decisions in your day. You're just acting right. You're just doing the things. Uh, better professional reputation because you're on time for things yeah. like, you know, phone calls and yeah, these things are important. Uh, less stress because you're just executing, you know, you're not trying to figure all this out in between tasks, uh, increase opportunities for advancement and then greater opportunities to achieve important life and career goals. Um, so those are some of the benefits of this. Go ahead. Do you just want to say something? I found a statistic I found a meta-analysis on time management that was just published in January of this year. And it said that time management is more likely to get a positive performance review now than in the 90s, um, which 
I think speaks to how our culture has shifted over the last, you know, 10, 20, even 30 years. We definitely are in this culture of high productivity and high efficiency. We want things fast. We want them now. You know, we don't want to spend a lot of time doing things, whether it's going to get food or whether it's having a meeting. I mean, we have these instant ways to get a hold of people, text them, email them, call them. And so I found it really interesting that in, in the work and career space, that time management becomes a a lot more critical now Mm -hmm. in, in the society we live in. And so it's not necessarily, I mean, you, you kind of have to roll with the times in a way, right. We're in the time of technology. Um, we live in a society that's high productivity and that expectation is there that you are always available. You're always on top of it and you're ready for action, basically any given moment. But if you can plan your day to accommodate some of that demand, but also take care of the things that you need for you. And in order to have that space for your, your work demands, I think that's where, where this planning ahead and, and sort of managing your time a little better will fit in. Right. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think, I mean, I think there is a, a more of a demand to be highly productive, but I think there's also sort of a I need to at least portray the illusion of being highly productive because here's the thing, right? Yeah. And here's the thing. So you have another statistic down here that I'm going to say, if that's okay. Sure. So in 1965, 50% of workers took breaks on a regular basis, right? In 2003, so 18 years ago, it's probably only gotten worse. In 2003, only 2% of workers took breaks. So here's the thing is if, if you are really working for four or five hours straight, you know, it really decreases your productivity. It just takes longer to do stuff because your brain's mushy and you're just like, you're so bogged down. And, and so, but it's like, no, I didn't take a break today. You know, I didn't have a break all day long and work 10 hours and no break. It's like, you probably didn't get much done, you know, versus, Mm -hmm. and I've done this with clients before. It's like, Hey, let's take three 10 minute breaks in the day. And what happens is they go out, they go for a walk or, you know, whatever they get outside, they do something, they come back and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so much more productive. Like I took yes. some time, I stepped away, I came back and I'm just doing stuff a lot faster and I'm getting more done by taking this, these, these breaks, you know, and I, we don't, um, what's the word? We don't really admire that. That's sort of like a, no, oh, I probably wish I had time to take breaks during the day. You know, I'm just too busy. For yes. That kind of thing. It's like, well, uh, yeah. You do. You do. Yeah. (laughs) And you might get more done if you do. (laughs) Well, and I just read, uh, I was, I was trying to, um, find where I read this, but I just read something about productivity and how your brain really works best in pulses. So, and I think we're going to talk about this when we get into some of the techniques here for time management, because this, um, link that I, that I had put up, um, is a good one, but basically your, your brain needs that time to be hyper-focused and really work on things and then space to sort of step away from it and recharge in a way. So like your example, if you're sitting there for four hours straight, chances are you're not hyper-focused. Chances are you're getting pulled in a thousand directions with emails or texts or, you know, a funny video someone sent you. (laughs) Yeah. Or like just, I mean, people are working from home now. Maybe they go to the kitchen. Maybe they notice that there's a dusty shelf. I need to go wipe that off. Like there's, you know, your pet comes in and wants attention. So you're actually not truly focused for that four to five hours. I think some people really, I've gotten myself into a groove before where I'm like working on a presentation or I'm sifting through research or something that you really do need like a chunk of time to really stay focused and go through it. But I will be fully honest that I don't think that's when I produce my best work and it doesn't happen that often. Like I will, I'll kind of, it'll be self-imposed. Like I really need to sit down (laughs) and go through, you know, this task or whatever. And then I plan a break. I've got to get this. (laughs) I have to do this, shut the door, you know, turn everything off. And I have a planned break and end time. So that's another way to look at this. And 
we'll talk about that. I keep saying, we're going to talk about planning. Yeah. I should maybe just talk about the planning Let's do this. Let, let me do the consequences real quick. And then let's get into planning. Cause I think, okay. I think that's probably the bulk of what we want to do anyway. Um, yeah. okay. So consequences of poor time management, um, would be missed deadlines, inefficient workflow, which we've just been talking a whole bunch about poor work quality. Again, just talking a whole bunch about, uh, poor professional reputation and a stalled career. Ooh, that's not fun. And higher stress <laughs> levels. Cause we all need more stress. <laughs> I know. Right? I know. You know what I don't have enough of stress yeah. in my life. <laughs> I think I'll put a little time crunch on myself. Yeah. Let me make this a little worse. <laughs> yeah. And we also have seen that, I mean, this could be, you could look at this as a benefit or consequence, but that time management is positively associated with perceived control of time. So we do not have control over the, you know, the seconds that tick away. Right. You don't, right. but a lot of people find comfort and, uh, power and motivation in that perception of control. Mm -hmm. And I, one of my friends who coached me for years told me at one point he was, he was looking at the season ahead and he said, you know, I felt like my calendar was running me. I wasn't running my calendar last, last uh, year. Yeah. And so that was, that was his, he needed to have that perception of time, um, of control of time. And then job satisfaction goes up. And then it's also positively time management is positively correlated with health. So all of those things, you know, we could look at if any of the opposite happens, you know, with those are consequences, like mm -hmm. that feeling of being out of control, um, you know, having low job satisfaction. And, and I get this a lot when I work with people, especially in the nutrition realm, geez, they don't have time for, to truly take a lunch break or truly mm -hmm. feed themselves. And food is a basic need people, <laughs> food and sleep and shelter. So yeah. if you're sacrificing those on the regular, you're going to come to resent your job and probably mm -hmm. the people that are imposing that mm -hmm. kind of schedule on you. Mm -hmm. So it's, this is, and this is a hard conversation to have, you know, then we're getting into the dynamics of talking to your boss about, Hey, I have, I have too much going on. I have too much on my plate. I need to restructure how this is done and some of the deadlines here. And that's a hard conversation to have, especially mm -hmm. if you're high achieving and mm -hmm. you know, you, you want that promotion or you're very dedicated to your job. So yeah. it does get complex really quickly, but it doesn't have to be as, as complicated. Well, there's some simplified ways to just yeah. put a little time management in there. Okay. Um, okay. Do you want to get into planning or you want to go through those techniques that I, the, the well, let's talk about the techniques in a second. I'll hit okay. on planning because we already kind of went into, you know, when you were talking about, um, the making of the decisions, like you have to decide how you're going to do those 40 tasks or whatever you mm -hmm. have staring you in the face, you're going to have to decide when to do those at some point. Right. So I will encourage people to just take a look at your week or your day ahead. Okay. If you have a calendar that you put appointments on, if you write things down on a big whiteboard in your kitchen, so you've got the kids and everything organized. Mm -hmm. If you have a work calendar and people schedule appointments for you, just take a look at that. And let's start with some bookends. When is your first obligation of the day? When is your last obligation of the day? Okay. So that at least gives you a starting point. So you right. know that, okay, when is a reasonable time for me to wake up and how much time might I have before that first obligation? Your first obligation could be, you know, waking up your kids to get them ready for school. Your first obligation could be, you have to, you know, be at a workout to meet a group of people at 5 30 AM, you know, mm -hmm. whatever you have to be at work at eight, something like that, but look at where those obligations fall and then start filling in the gaps and, and paying attention to the bookends. Yeah. And then also let's not just say work is an obligation or other people are the obligations or my kids are the obligations. You're, you're an obligation to yourself too. Right? You have to eat, you have to sleep, you have to take care of yourself in certain ways. So how do those fall on the priority list? Are you the type of person that you're constantly just ignoring them or disregarding? 
that you have these needs and then eventually you implode or you burn out or you just like collapse into bed every night because you're so in demand by other people and things that you're not taking, taking care of yourself. So, so that's another really big piece, not just the eating part, which again, that's a basic need. You guys do not feel guilty about (laughs) taking a lunch break or, you know, eating a snack in a meeting or whatever you have to do. Like, you know, you've got to serve those, those necessities. Yeah. And what I like about that, that whole idea of just kind of looking at the week ahead is, I mean, for most of us, there are things that aren't work-related that are already in our week, right? It may be yeah. a, a doctor's appointment or a kid's practice or a dinner with friends or, you know, just whatever. And so if you can look at kind of a, like the week in a, like a global perspective and go, okay, like not only can I begin to plan my work tasks around those things, but I can also see like what days are going to be busier. And this is something that I've found to be really beneficial for clients. Like, oh, okay, Tuesday's going to be nuts. Well, hey, let's make a double batch of dinner on Monday. So all you got to do is heat stuff up. Yes. Or maybe this is a great day for something in the crock pot. You can put it in the morning. And so, you know, and, and, and you can look at, okay, where do I need to bend and flex? Where do I need to make some things easier? Or, or maybe that's a night you plan on just grabbing something. Okay, yep. if it's planned, great, that's fine. You know, but you can look at how, how can I load these days a little bit differently? Because you got a crazy day and you're like, yeah, we're going to have, you know, some big meal. Yeah, involved just, dinner that takes two hours. Yeah, it's yeah. only going to be stressful, you know? And so I think it, it really lends itself to a lot of um, stress relief in that way too, because mm-hmm. you can kind of look at how you load your days, um, which is really important, I think. Yeah. And I have a client actually that is finding that out. I mean, it's taken a lot of observation and kind of working through things, but she has, she has a very demanding job and she often has back to back to back meetings that are sort of enforced upon her from, Mm -hmm. you know, work colleagues and working with people in other countries and different things. But then she also is very dedicated to her training, her athletic training. And if it's a really hard workout and it's at 5 PM and it's two hours, she's not going to want to, like, she loves cooking and you know, it's not a problem, but she's not going to want to get this involved meal. And so it very much became this attention to let's look at your week ahead. How can you make that day easier? And you're exactly right. Like looking at, oh man, you know, I'm not going to feel like if I don't start this workout until late it in the evening, or, you know, if I have to go to this evening meeting and I'm not home until six 30 or seven, I'm not going to want to spend all this time cooking. So all of a sudden you, you feel more armed with knowledge and preparation and choice. That's another big thing is people don't feel like they're given the choice of how they spend their time. A lot Mm -hmm. of times when we see these work barriers, a lot of it is sort of imposed on you, right. Mm -hmm. By a boss or a coworker or somebody who's managing your calendar for you. And you feel that lack of control that we talked about earlier. If you can sort of prepare yourself for that, doesn't that feel way better? And don't you feel a little more confident in, I have these, you know, these ways that I can approach it and still feel like I'm doing what I need to do for me to be successful. I really like the way you said that armed, because that's, that's just a really good way to think about that. Because like you're saying, I think so often we're just, we're reactive to everything. Life is just happening and we have zero control. And, and maybe this is a big part of why people feel so busy is because we're always reacting to things, right? It's always mm-hmm. like, ah, this happened. Now I got to figure this out. Ah, this and when you, when you take some time to do time management, it's you're being proactive about stuff. It's like, it puts you in the driver's seat for at least a lot of things. Sure. Mm-hmm. If you know, if you have a boss who isn't super respectful of your time, you might have to be reactive to a lot of stuff and that can be frustrating, but there's a whole lot of the rest of your life that you can probably determine a lot of and dictate when it happens. Mm-hmm. And, and even, I think even if you only have partial control of your days and weeks to, to act with that agency, if I have control over this, it, it really feels empowering. And I think it mm-hmm. can really help feel like your life is out of control and like you're, you're in the driver's seat for a lot of it. And I, I just like how you said that it, it does, it yeah. gives you, 
the, you know, you're armed against it. It gives you weapons to combat this stuff that just kicks our ass. Seems like, yeah, it seems like it's just coming at you so fast. And, um, one of the other things is first knowing yourself, some people thrive in that high pressure, sort of chaotic, putting out fires all day type of environment. I would argue oh, that there's, yeah, I know. <laughs> like us, like us. Um, I would argue that there's probably limits to that, even though people like to think that they can do it all and that they thrive, something has to give. Sure. Whether it is your physical health, whether it's some relationships that you have in your life, you know, something has to give. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think there are the vast majority of people don't thrive in that kind of environment. Like there's a tipping point, you know, we all can, can manage up to a point, find out where that point is for you. Mm -hmm. Identify it. Notice how you feel physically when that stress hits, when that adrenaline's pumping, because you just realized you forgot about some deadline and all of a sudden you have to like crunch it in. Um, think about those things and feel them and, and know yourself and know, like when I was training full time, you know, professionally, I would really anticipate like, when am I probably going to be hungry? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And when, you know, when do I have to fit in? Here's my training calendar. These are the times I need to go to work. And I have date night with Matt and hopefully one or two other evenings that I can spend with him or with friends. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those are my pieces. And I know I need to sleep this much every night. Right. Then when do I think I'm getting hungry in the day? Like, when can I anticipate that? I would bring so much food with me just in case, just in case. (laughs) (laughs) And it just became this automatic thing where I was constantly thinking about like, how do I, Oh, you know, I work until six tonight and I know that I'm very hungry by the time 5 PM rolls around. Mm -hmm. It's very possible that I'll need to eat something before I even leave work to come home to actually make dinner. So there were all of these things that I had to piece together, but I felt so much calmer heading into this very highly demanding day. If I had that sort of structure and that, you know, those kind of guardrails of my day that I'm kind of, I, I know how this is probably going to feel. Um, and then what gives you control in a day that would otherwise feel out of control completely. Yeah. Yeah. And communicate that to people too. Mm -hmm. So if you have a hectic day, make sure that you tell the people in your life, whether it's a boss or a spouse or geez, I've, I've run into friends in the grocery store or something. And I'm just like, I got to keep moving, you know, sorry, I got to go. Like I've got Mm -hmm. a busy day. I'll, I'll call you later and make a point to follow up on that. Of course, but communicate with those people around you who, you know, could possibly ask you to do them a favor or impose a little bit more of a time crunch on that day. Make sure that you express that. And that can be hard for people to do too, because a lot of people look at it as a sign of weakness to put Mm -hmm. boundaries up. You're actually, it's, it's a very good self-preservation technique. (laughs) Well, I think as a sign of strength, I I agree with you that we, we view it as like a weakness because I don't know. There's just, I don't know what it's like outside of America. This is my only experience, right? It may be wildly different in other countries, but here, like we just do like, like we talked about, it's like a badge of honor to be busy and to not have, you know, time to be doing all the things and helping everyone that ever asks you and involved in all, you know, volunteering and just like to just be like spread so thin. It's like, yeah, I'm doing it. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm doing everything. And the the thing is though, is like when people get spread thin like that, like I think you're weak because I think the more things you're giving your energy to, the less energy you have to give to a specific thing. And so if you're giving your energy to 40 things in a week, well, you know what, like how much are, how well are you actually doing these things? Yeah. Versus if you're doing less, how much better can you do those things? you know? And, and I think that, and then just, yeah, like you said, like with boundaries, I think that's, to me, that's a, that's an internal strength to, to stand firm in that stuff. Because to be honest, a lot of people don't react well to being told no, Hey, do you want to do this thing? Even if it's a fun thing, you know, to say, no, I'm not going to, you know, come over on Friday night because I've had a long week and I need to, that's can be a hard thing to do. (laughs) You know, 
to, to, if someone needs something to, to, to have those boundaries, I think it does take a lot of strength and it, and it enables you to be even stronger, I think, because it's really like we talk about all the time. It's just really practicing high self-care of, you know, mm-hmm. like if I'm going to do things well, then I have to take care of this, right? You can't pour from an empty cup, right? We've said that before. Like if we're just mm-hmm. spread so thin, we don't have anything in us and what are we doing? Well, probably yeah. nothing. Yeah. And I do want to follow up on when you said, you know, if you tell people, no, Mm -hmm. some people don't react well to that, which is true. I also think that people that care about you the most will react surprisingly well and supportive of that, especially if it becomes a pattern that you're good at boundaries. And I, Mm -hmm. I had to really practice that a lot when, again, when I was in, in training and my schedule was so demanding, I really had to put some boundaries on those things. And it came that it came around that so many of my friends and family knew that, okay, well, this is how the priorities lie. And this is Erin's schedule. And we're really hopeful that she can make it at these things, but I, I couldn't always do it. Um, when it comes to work, that's a little bit harder because you don't always tell your boss. No, right. No, I'm not going to do that project. No, <laughs> no I, I don't think so. Not feeling that one <laughs> at the same time. I think it is respectable to be upfront about, mm-hmm. I can do this. Let me be clear on the, the deadline, what you expect of me, like, just be very, very clear. And then put those tasks or break it down into your calendar and block out some time. Because if you agree to a project or to a series of meetings and you don't actually like prioritize that and block it out and you say, yes, I can do that. I think it looks much more poorly on your time management. If you tend to be flaky or tend to not follow through or don't meet those deadlines yes, I know that you're really trying to get everything done. You're trying to be the superhero overachiever, but what's happening is you're, you're by failing to kind of set those boundaries and say no to some things you're opening yourself up to, like Michael said, doing a thousand things, semi okay, mediocre, instead of really excelling at some of the things that, that speak to you. So that could be a helpful, helpful, um, approach in the workplace. Yeah. And let's, we talked about a few of these time management techniques already, but yeah. we could go through. I'm going to go through those. Okay. Yeah. So there's, these are five time management techniques. Um, and I think, you know, these could, these could be adjusted and changed and maybe, maybe there's more that you would need to do. Maybe some of them, I don't know. I, I think there's, this isn't like a, these are the five you must do, but um, <laughs> I think they're pretty solid. So um, the first one is to be intentional. And kind of like we've already talked about, you know, like this, I think requires like a to-do list for your day. What do I need to accomplish in this week? What days am I going to do these things on? Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, I think it's really important like to, okay, here's like, I have my to-do list for today, right? For Wednesday, I prioritize those things. Like, what do I need to get done today? What has to happen today? And let me look at those first. I'm intentionally doing the things that need to be done today because I'm really good at getting caught up in something that doesn't even have a deadline, yeah. Yeah. right? <laughs> like creating some tidy tealies on some random website like I did. <laughs> uh, I feel like that's some of the most important work you've done, Aaron. So, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, it's funny how, and, and I, I had that in my notes too, to talk about what has to be done mm-hmm. and what you would like to be done. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And you, you talk about rank tasks by priority. Yeah. I think, I think that it's really helpful. And that's the second, the second technique is to prioritize. So I kind of blended those two, I guess. Um, but rank them by priority. So, you know, like what's the first thing you need to do, right? What, or what are the things that you have to do today at least? Um, and maybe there are, you know, set times for some of those, um, like, in this Wednesday today, recording this podcast podcast is a high priority for me. It's got to be done today, but it's not the first thing I'm going to do because we don't record till noon my time. So maybe there are things that don't have as high of a priority, but I'm going to do them before because 
this one set at a later time. So just looking at your day, like really what needs to be done and, and, and what order is the best way to do these things. Um, because often, at least for me, I think for a lot of us, there are t- things we have in our day that if I need to push that to tomorrow, it's no biggie. It's not a big deal. And that's a really good thing to not get caught up in doing today because otherwise I'm not going to get the things I don't done today done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one is to be focused, which this, this took me a long time because kind of hearkening back to our social media episode a few weeks ago, um, man, I would just constantly get sucked into my phone. You know, I'd be in the middle of something. I just pick it up and then it's like 10 minutes go by and it's like, what am I doing? You know? And so if we can minimize and, or eliminate distractions as much as possible, so we can really stay focused, man, that's a game changer. You know, um, I work at home and Sophie is four and a half. She's not in school or anything. She's here all the time and she's wonderful and amazing. She's loud and wild and crazy too. And so I tend to work with headphones and listen to music that isn't distracting to me, but helps me kind of zone in and focus. Um, Mm -hmm. I often have my phone in a drawer or sometimes in the other room, if I'm just really struggling to stay focused, because as soon as I slip with my focus, what do I do? I pick up my phone. (laughs) Like if I'm not going to be working right now, I was able to do something else. So, um, you know, having, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, having, you know, um, notifications turned off on social media stuff, um, maybe putting your plane, your phone in airplane mode, um, just so you're not getting, you know, texts and calls when you're trying to be hyper-focused can really go a long way because I, I think we often work very distracted and yep. I'm often surprised at how much I can get done in 20 or 30 minutes if I'm really, really focused. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Fourth one is to be structured. Uh, Aaron talked about this a lot, but just like blocking your workout, when am I going to do what? 11 to 1130, I'm doing this, you know, 1130, to 1230, I'm doing this. And then where's my break in here? Where's my 10 minutes to go and refresh and recharge and come back so I can be more productive. Um, but just structuring things out in that way. And then the last one is to be self-aware. Um, and that's just kind of paying attention to where you're, you really are putting your time into, you know, track your time. Uh, how long am I spending on these things? Should I be spending that much time on this thing? Or is that because I'm, I'm distracted. I'm doing other stuff. I'm not staying focused, that kind of stuff, because I think that gives you some good data and feedback for planning future weeks to know here right. was the plan. How did I spend things? How did I, uh, where did I put my time and energy and resources and how can I do that better in the future? So that those are time the five tracking. Techniques. Yeah. That time tracking can be, I mean, uh, it's just like keeping a food log or an uh-huh. exercise log or something, right? Because it's, it's keeps you accountable and mm-hmm. you'll, you'll really start to notice how those gaps of time sucked into your phone or whatever you're, you end up doing just eats into the day. Yeah. So I think that that is a really good one. And just a quick story on the, the blocking your time, um, you know, especially your work calendar. One of my good friends that I run with was telling me that her company, she works and lives here in Boise, but her company is based in California and they have these team calls, right? And her supervisor was saying how with the, you know, the pandemic situation and everybody feeling burnout and struggling with this, that he was championing their team, taking time for self-care. Like you don't have to be at your computer at you know, all the time and blah, blah, blah. Like, I want you to take breaks. I want you to do this. So she, and she was feeling this herself. Like she was struggling as a team leader to find time for herself to do these things and go for a run. And so she's, she's like, I called his bluff and I sent out an email to my whole team and CC'd him and basically said, okay, team, we're going to have a standing meeting every Tuesday for an hour, but we're not going to meet you are to take that hour to get your workout in, to get outside, to, you know, do something for yourself. That's self-care. And like, she, she put that in there and was like, this is, this is a quote work requirement that you take this hour and spend it in a self-care kind of way. And her, her boss totally loved it. It was like, thanks for taking the initiative. Like thought it was great. And I was like, just I mean, I still kind of get goosebumps thinking about it because I'm like, this is the kind of culture Mm -hmm. we need a little bit more of. And we need supervisors 
if we have any managers out there listening to our podcast or anybody who has influence in this way, we need that kind of buy-in and support because if your employees feel like they are valued and supported enough that they are given the time to take care of themselves and to feel like they have a better handle on the day's tasks and, and their work responsibilities, you will see an improvement in rapport around the office. You'll see an improvement in productivity. You'll probably see an attitude adjustment. I know that I was like, I, I was on the ball for my boss at the health department because she was so flexible with allowing me, you know, time to, to get my training done and stuff. I was like, I'll sure I'll take on that, that project or that task, or I'll do these presentations. I'll train that staff, like whatever you want, because I felt so supported. So, Mm -hmm. well, yeah. And you have, I think you have greater employee loyalty. You have Mm -hmm. greater, you know, greater productivity, uh, you know, higher employee retention because when people feel cared about, guess what? They stick around, you know, I've even heard some like the bigger tech companies, they'll like, you have as many vacation days as you want. And your schedule is whatever your schedule is. We don't care. Just get your work done. Yeah. If you get your work done, we have zero issues, which makes sense. Like why, like, why do we have to work from these, you know, this, I'm getting off topic here, but Very these specific, set times yeah. and yeah. And like, yeah. just if you get your work done, you get your work done. Who cares? So I had this great, uh, link that I will put in the show notes. I'm not going to read it all to you because I, I think there's, it's from the university of St. Augustine, mm-hmm. um, for health sciences. And it talks about nine time management techniques and tools. Mm-hmm. And there's some people might be familiar with the 80, 20 rule, uh, the Pareto analysis, I think is what it was originally called. Um, where the idea is that 20% of your actions are responsible for 80% of outcomes. And so basically um, it's for analytical thinkers, problem solver types, because it's, it's a very analytical approach. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is explained in here, the Pomodoro technique, which is another very popular one. And that's the one where you basically select that's for you, Michael, Michael's pointing to himself. Do you remember my productivity planner? I've talked about that's what they oh, use yeah, in yeah. Is that Pomodoro yeah. technique. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people use it is basically you select the task, you set a timer. I'm focused for, for this 20, 25 minutes, yep. and depending you, on the task. And then yep. you take a break and you have that break at the mm-hmm. end that you have to take. Yeah. I think it's five minutes. I think it's 25 minutes work, five minute break, 25 minute work. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always, at least for me, I didn't always work out like that, but I was really conscious of, okay, I finished this block. Let me step away for a minute. And it's helpful because you just shake it off and you refocus and you're more productive. This one is for me. This is the Eisenhower matrix. Uh, Yes. By Dwight Eisenhower, um, where he used this in the army when he, before he became president, where you basically just have these four blocks of this is they're based by urgency and importance. If it's urgent and important, you do it. Mm-hmm. If it's not urgent, but it's important, you decide when you're going to do it. If it's urgent, but not very important, then you delegate it out and say, this needs to be done, you know, run to the store for me, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if it's not urgent or not important, you shove it off your calendar and you don't, <laughs> don't worry about do it. it. <laughs> and this is helpful for me because I am one of those people that like with house cleaning or with that thing that I just noticed that thing that needs to be fixed or that I've been meaning to do, right. and I'm not doing it. I will then put them on my, my to-do list. And I'm like, I have to get that done. But then something else that's really important and urgent comes up and I'm like, ah, it stresses me out because I still want to do the thing that's not mm-hmm. important. So this is a good matrix for me. Yeah. I'm not going to go through all the rest. They're very good. I encourage you to read them, but this, this one, I will mention eat that frog technique. Uh, I almost brought that, that up earlier. Yep. I almost brought okay. that up. Eat the frog. So, Apparently, do you know the origins of that technique? Uh, no, it's a Mark I mean, Twain I... quote. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. It's, I guess it's named after a Mark Twain quote, eat a live frog first thing in the morning and nothing worse will happen the rest of your day. Yeah. <laughs> so it's basically like taking a look at the thing that needs to happen today the thing and you don't want to do. possibly even the shittiest thing. Yep. The worst <laughs> thing. What's the thing you're going to push off for the rest of the day? Writing that, you know, yeah. email you don't want to write or like tackling that. Or, yeah. yeah. Get it done. 
and just eat that frog. And Mm -hmm. that really, in fact, that shifts my energy for the day. If I get that thing out of the way, I'm like, whoa. Otherwise it's just hanging over you. Yeah. Sometimes it wasn't even as bad as I I was like spinning in my head. So I would say most often for me, it's not as bad. Right. (laughs) So yeah, we'll link this article. I encourage you to read it. We'll link it in the, um, in the show notes. Good. Uh, anything else you wanted to add today? I think so. I think that does it. Yeah. Think we'll do that. Okay. You got a mean in the mundane. Um, I will have to come up with. Oh, <laughs> Michael, you just got so excited. About- I did. <laughs> you just got so excited. Cause this never oh. happens to Aaron and it happens to me all actually it hasn't happened to me for a long time, but like the yeah. first seven months of recording the podcast. It happened a lot. <laughs> like, oh yeah, uh, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to save mine. <laughs> I have several. I just have to think of them, you know? Oh, so it's not that you don't have any. So you have too many. Okay. I got you. Uh, I have lots. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many. <laughs> okay. I have, see, I'll pick, I picked one. Yeah. It's cause you I'm were just start. thinking about it. I'm no, on to okay. you. I'm on to you. Don't so trust me. I have, <laughs> I have this, <laughs> this app on my phone called seek S E E K. I might've talked about it last year because I, I put it on my phone when I was doing the trails challenge here in Boise, Mm -hmm. I got really into identifying wildflowers and plants. Mm. And one of my friends had recommended this app. It's so great. You take pictures of the plants. You could do animals too. And it identified Matt as a human. So it has that going for it. So it's broken. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) So we were on this big ride on Monday, my buddy, Troy and I, and it was, I mean, it was kind of spitting rain on us. It was cloudy. We were about 70 miles into a 125 mile day. The last thing you really want to do is stop (laughs) and for any reason other than something necessary. Sure. And there were these beautiful purple flowers alongside the road as we're riding up. And I kept saying like, I want to identify those flowers. I want to identify those flowers. Well, we got up to our turnaround point came down and we're actually, we're, it's a slight descent back toward Boise. And so you're making time and you finally are feeling a little bit better and you just Mm -hmm. want to keep going. Right. Because the miles are ticking by. And I still wanted to identify these flowers, but I'll be damned if I'm going to make Troy stop, if he doesn't have to. (laughs) And Troy just speaks up and was like, Oh, there's those purple flowers. Let's stop and look at it. Like, let's, let's stop and identify them. Yes. And it was just, it was really, it was, it was very nice because I mean, he's, he's just a great writing buddy anyway, but it was just a sweet, like, Oh, okay. Like he remembered that that was something I had wanted to do. And even though part of me was like, Oh my God, I don't want to stop. It was, um, it was just nice to, you know, stop. And we didn't smell the flowers, but stopping and appreciating Mm -hmm. those things and not getting so sucked into the, the task at hand that you forget about those. So nice. that's fine. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Good job, Troy. Yeah. Where come Troy listens. Money? Troy listens to the podcast. Good too, job, so he'll, Troy. He'll like the shout out. You made Aaron's day. Yeah. yeah. Cool. The, I like that. The flower is called a bush penstemon. It's a purple. Hmm. I mean, penstemon is a really cool, um, flower that I've been seeing around Boise a lot. And they almost have these like overhanging blossoms that kind of, you know, Mm. bend toward the ground, but they're all different colors. Anyway, there we go. Nice. I like it. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, uh, so we had like just what, I don't know, five, six days of just so much rain, like, Mm, I mean, several inches over the course of like five or six days. Like, I think we got almost two in one night. Like it just, Oh geez. And so it's just soup out, you know, we had no sun and not enough to dry anything out. And it was just gross outside for like several days. And so like the kids weren't outside, the dogs barely outside, you know, it's like going outside and peeing and like, can I come in? It's disgusting. So (laughs) we were just kind of cooped up, you know? And so just, um, just two days ago, we finally got like some sun and I took Sophie and the dog, uh, out front and just watching them both be like, I'm free. You know, like <laughs> Sophie is just like riding in circles on her scooter. The dog's just like tearing around oh. all over the place. And just to watch them, like, I mean, 
the dog, sure. But Sophie in particular, um, just to like, just thoroughly enjoy like being outside and in the sunshine and moving her body and riding her scooter, you know, um, it was just really fun because it was just, you know, it's something we do all the time, but when you haven't got to do it, you know, not even like they chose not to, they just didn't want to. It's like, you can't, sorry, we're not going outside. Right. Um, it was just really fun to just to see her just be so like elated about something oh, that we do all the time. You know, I like love cute. it. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. That, that's it. That's a, that's especially with kids or pets, you know, to watch them yep. just yeah. get excited about it. Yeah. Scooter the dog. He's cool. just like sprinting. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh my God. It was so funny to watch him. I love it. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. All right. Well, Thank um, you everybody. in the interest of time, we'll let you go. Yeah. Thanks right. for listening as always. And it. send us any, any feedback or questions you have. Yep. And as always review, rate, share, all that stuff. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks. <laughs>